big thing is making sure that guys are staying fresh and getting rested and getting their days off when they need to get them off, which is, which will be huge, especially for, for down the stretch when you get closer to the playoffs. Welcome to episode 231 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. We'd like to start this week off with some words of gratitude, because believe it or not, it was six years ago this week that we launched albertadugoutstories.com. Little did we know we were about to embark on a journey that would include 500 plus stories, 800,000 plus words, and 200,000 plus page views. Not bad for a little passion project, but it wouldn't at all be possible without the support of all of you. So on behalf of Ian and myself, Thank you for your continued support of ADS, and we can't wait to bring you the next 500-plus stories. In other news around Alberta's baseball scene this week, Wetaskiwin's Matt Kootenay has been promoted by the Los Angeles Angels from single-A Inland Empire to high-A Tri-City. The St. FX Baseball Academy product was hitting 277 with 10 homers and 41 RBI in 57 games for the 66ers. Big congrats to Matt on that move. Team Alberta's roster for the Women's National Championships has been set. Several familiar names, including Cassie Matlock, Sydney Moore, Caitlin Ross, and Madison Willen will be heading to Nova Scotia in late July for Nationals, where Baseball Canada will then be able to choose its national women's team roster for the coming year. So best of luck to everyone on Team Alberta. And finally, a big congratulations to Alberta's Jordan Procession, Matt Lloyd, and Landon Brassa, as well as coaches Dustin Mollican and Mike Johnson on their performance with Canada. Canada at the Pan Am Games qualifiers over the last week. Procession hit 364 with a homer and five RBI. Lloyd hit 308 with a homer and three RBI. And Barassa made one relief appearance in his Baseball Canada debut. While Canada did finish three and one in the round robin to finish in a three-way tie for first, the tiebreaker unfortunately left them on the outside looking in for the final. We do, however, tip our caps to everyone on the team for representing the Maple Leaf with pride. Now we move on to the Western Canadian Baseball League, and it's been a wild few days with big wins, upsets, and of course a few rain delays. The league's power rankings are out and Sylvan Lake has taken a hold of first place with Okotoks dropping to second and Moose Jaw now in third. On the stats front, Moose Jaw's Dawson Tweet continues to swing a hot stick with a 507 batting average. Eric Ratachak is the leader in homers with four and RBI with 20 and Sylvan Lake pitcher Josh Tucker has taken over the league lead in strikeouts with 28, a category he ran away with last year en route to being named the league's most valuable pitcher. Speaking of Sylvan Lake, our first guest this week is head coach Jason Chatwood. The Gulls are hoping to take it to the next level this summer after beating Fort McMurray in the first round of last year's playoffs, only to fall to the eventual champion Okotoks Dogs in the West Final. This year, Chatwood brought back many familiar faces and, anchored by a pitching core sporting the likes of Tucker, Tyler Boudreau, Hunter Jones, and Josh Zanoli, they have put the league on notice that they're not messing around. Coach, thanks so much for joining us again here on the podcast. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me. A great start to the season for the Sylvan Lake Gulls. In your books, what's been going right? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's kind of like it started a lot from the like every night. We've been each guy giving us a quality start and a chance chance to win. And then, um, yeah, I mean, defensively making the routine plays and, and having, you know, throughout finding finding ways to, to win and create offense each night. There's been games where... You know, a couple games early, we won one nothing. Had a couple games where we were very, very offensive, and then, you know, a couple games we just had with Moose Jaw where we just had to find ways to score any way we could, whether we getting guys over or long ball a little bit, or or, or making sure we score guys. 
from third base with less than two outs. So yeah, I think that that you know we're happy with we're starting to find ways to create offense in multiple ways, and and uh, and yeah, our pitching's been 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 very very good. How impressed have you been in, I'll call it the resilience factor, but just the ability to, to find ways of winning and, and win different styles of games. Like sometimes it's, as you mentioned, the, the pitching duels, and then the next night it's like whoever's, whoever's got last at-bats probably going to win that kind of game. Yeah, I'm super proud of the guys. I mean, like like you said, resilience, but I think it's also it's like every night it seems it's, it's competitive, right? Like every game's been competitive, whether it's, the one run games or the extra inning games or, or finding a ways to, you know what I mean? So, I mean, that's the one thing too, that's nice is, is every night kind of showing up and, and you kind of, you definitely cannot take anyone for granted. And, um, it's been, a, it's been a battle, battle, you know, games that we've won and lost. It's been, you know, you can always look back and be like, if this play would have went different here or there, but it's uh, it's very, very competitive and it's been a lot of fun. As a coach, do you look at it and go, we're lucky to be 12 and 5, or we're lucky to be in the spot we're at, or is it one where, like, we earn this and this is where we deserve to be? Yeah, I think we're, like, in a good spot. I think that, like, you can always look back and be like, man, there's a couple games that maybe, you know, this or that happened, but then in hindsight, you know, there's there's probably a couple games that we won where you could also look back and be like, well, this, you know, this really went in our favor, or we had this go our way. So I think. You know, I think in the game of baseball, things kind of even even themselves out. So I would I would say we're, you know, we're, we're very very happy with, with where we're at and where we're playing, and and uh, you know, hope to continue continue getting better and and uh, when we're moving forward. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the pitching staff; they're near or at the top of the league in virtually every category. When you look at their overall body of work, what's really stood out to you? Yeah, I think our guys like attack the zone early. Obviously, like Coach Dave has it is doing a really, really good job with all the guys, and um, you know they're they're attacking guys early. I think they they pitch with a lot of confidence, and I think that you can tell, um, you know, that they're very, very, you know, they, they they trust the defenders behind them. So they're trying to go go at guys early and trying to get ground balls early, and um, you know, having the ability to, you know, the big thing too is not to rely too heavily on 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 anyone and being able to use our bullpen. And, have guys for various situations is is huge for us especially with you know the amount of games that we're playing and the amount of time that we play that being said though there's one guy on your roster that has really i think captured the attention of a lot of people dating back to even this spring with his time at midland and another no hitter talk about the ty boudreau effect and what he brings to that lineup Oh yeah, I mean Ty's like he's the ultimate competitor in my opinion, right? Like, and it's you know whether his his stuff is really, really, really good that day, or or even if he's just got okay stuff, he is he just finds a way, right? And that's that's the one thing that that impresses me is you know his you know for sure his compete factor is going to be a hundred percent every time he mm-hmm. he gets on the mound, and that's that's huge. And I think he you know when he's on the mound that, that it brings a level of confidence throughout the whole lineup. And uh, and then the dugout, and so yeah, it's it's been pretty special to kind of watch what he's done. Um, you know, obviously from his spring season at school, and now carrying it on into Austin to his in his first few starts. So it's been yeah, it's it's been good. I'm really really happy for him, and, and he works hard too, right? So I'm, I mean, he's he's kind of getting what he's earned, and, and he's putting in the time, and he's you know he he, he definitely cares a lot about it. So it's it's happy to happy to see the the results he's getting. 
It's crazy to look at your starting rotation, for example, and, and you're coming off a season where he had the, the most valuable pitcher in Josh Tucker. You got Boudreaux doing his thing. Hunter Jones has been fantastic for you. I mean, th- that's got to be a really nice spot to be in where you know your starter is going to be able to give you some really quality innings night in and night out. Oh, yeah, it's huge. It's huge. You know, it's like it, like I said, we have, you know, some of these guys that are returning, coming back to Sylvan, and, and you kind of have a really, really good idea of what you're going to get. And then obviously so now some of our new guys that are, you know what I mean, they're they're competing like crazy. And, and you know, it's nice to see nice to see them in live action. And, and it's, uh, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, right now it just seems like everywhere that guy that's going out there, they, you know, they're, they're doing whatever they can and want to help the team win and, you know, regardless of it's a you know a closing role or a, a late relief role or, or or whatever it is, so that's that's the nice thing too. And also seeing the guys, you know, how serious they take their work, you know, before the games or on off days and that stuff too. So it's yeah, it's it's like you said, it kind of kind of starts from there. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been it's been great and, and really really happy for the guys. You mentioned a lot of the old faces around the lineup. You have quite a few returning veterans from last year's team. And I'm only going to assume this, but it feels like there might be this feeling of unfinished business, and even especially in, in talking to a few of the vets around the table. How much of that was in the back of your mind as you were recruiting prior to the season? Yeah, I think it's, it's I mean, for the one thing, you know, as a coaching staff, we've talked this year is, with so many returning guys, it just feels like the team has really, really clicked early. And, and, you know, when you have so many guys returning and, you know, and, and then the new guys coming in, it's just such a welcoming environment. And the guys are comfortable with the, you know, the community and surrounding areas of Sylvan Lake and the town. So it, it seems like the locker room has, you know, they're, they're very, very comfortable with each other right away. And then even some of our new players that weren't here, Last summer, they, they know some of the other guys coming in, right? Whether it's been playing at school together or playing together in the past. So it's it, it seems like it's been a very, very smooth transition. And we, we haven't had, you know what I mean, that sometimes it takes a few weeks to kind of get used to everybody. It seems like we've, the guys have sped that process up, which is which has been really, really nice. One of the pieces that I've noticed too, especially looking up and down your roster, is that uh, contingent of local talent. Um, how important was that in putting together this roster again for the 2023 season? Yeah, I mean, it's nice we have, you know, obviously the, the, in our area, the province, the baseball is growing, you know, growing like crazy. And so it's, 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 it's huge to be able to have some guys, um, you know, on our roster. Or we had some guys on, on early contracts for the first you know, 10, 10 days of the season and also being able to have some of our high school affiliates um, from the academy that, that are able to step in. So level when, especially at the start of the year when it's just kind of a trickling effect based on when guys are finishing their school seasons, it was it was huge. And then also some of our local guys that are, are you know, big leaders within the, within the, the organization and the community has been, has, been, has been great. And I think too, even the guys that aren't, aren't necessarily local, um, guys that have been back now for some guys that this is their third year back they almost feel local if, if, if that makes sense where mm-hmm. it kind of seems like Sylvan's turning into their, their summer home and I think the community has kind of like uh, <clears throat> welcomed them to where you know they, they feel that too 
you mentioned that third year in the league thing and typically when you have an expansion team there's almost that grace period of okay there's going to be a couple of lean years to start things off you guys haven't had that you've been basically right at it from the get-go what's been key in your eyes to making sure that you're you're not just in the mix but in in a play early playoff contention right from the get-go yeah, I think like quality people, like our, you know, I, I really, really enjoy our, our kids that are that are coming up here, and you know, talking to them, and and you know, when we're recruiting players, the big thing is they're you know, kids that they want to come and experience Sylvan, but they also are really focused. They want to work hard, and they have goals. So I think I think that would be one thing is is you know, finding a, a lot of guys that have similar qualities and, and are wanting to get the you know the a similar experience when they come up here. So that's. That's been kind of nice so far that that we that we seem to be getting to work, and then also like you said, guys that that got a taste of it last year, and you know, seen seen kind of how close we were, and got a, you know, got to experience a little bit of a playoff run that you know it was before they left last summer. We're saying like I'd love to come back and do this again. I've asked this of a few guys already this year from your squad, and I'm curious what your answer to this is going to be. How much do you hate the Okotoks dogs? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think, um, I mean, I think when the game's on, you don't really like anybody you're you're playing against. I think that's kind of how it's meant to be. But I also, um, you know, for me on a personal level, like I have a ton of respect for those guys, and I also have a lot of personal relationships with their coaches and players. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I, I mean, I really, I, I like those guys a lot, and I appreciate those guys a lot. I have good good relationships with those guys, but I think it's. You know, I would I would hope that they answer the same way when the game goes on, right? We're mm-hmm. we're not necessarily friends when the game's on. We're we're trying to beat each other, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then after the game, it can carry on. So that's what I that's what I would say. And I think it's good for the league. I think it's great to kind of you know. And obviously, we're such close proximity where you know you have those short bus rides, and sometimes you got fans from from each place is kind of traveling to go watch. So I think it's it, it is a lot of fun. But I also you know, there's a there's a ton of respect there for for what they for what they do and what they've done and what they do for the league as well. Mm-hmm. And the reason I ask that is you guys face each other quite a bit over the course of the last, especially you look at the playoffs from last year, but even in the early going here, and it's become quite the rivalry really early on. And so I, I said it as a joke, I think, to Maddie Fung, one of the first episodes, and it just kind of took off from there. And, and the answers have been the same across the board. I think whether it's Okotoks or Sylvan is there's a mutual respect, but when it's game on, it is definitely game on. So it's been, uh, it's been great to see there. Uh, one more for you here, Coach. Coach, before I let you go, I know you're hitting the road here. Um, when you look at this at this team, and obviously it's off to a great start, what do you got to do over the next few weeks and next couple of months here to make sure that you're on the right path and, and making sure that you're taking that step forward in, in getting a, a WCBL championship? Yeah, I think that the big thing is we have a couple stretches on our schedule here where we get a lot of games, kind of a lot of games with not a lot of breaks. So I think, you know, that. The, the big thing is making sure that guys are staying fresh and getting rested and getting their days off when they need to get them off, which is, which will be huge, especially for for down the stretch when you get closer to the playoffs. So I think that's the one thing that um, you know we're very confident in is the, is the depth of our roster and being able to um, move guys around and 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 you know when one guy gets a day off, we don't feel like we're necessarily losing by putting someone else into the lineup. I feel like we're you know we're in a spot where we trust all the guys that that. Uh, you know that they can get the job in when when they're asked when they're asked to go in fantastic stuff well coach really appreciate the time congratulations on the success to this point continued success the rest of the way and thanks again for joining us here on the podcast 
Awesome. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate it for having me. Next up is Oak Tokes pitcher Quinn Toshnik. He's a veteran of the squad, having pitched in the pandemic, abbreviated 2021, then becoming an anchor for the bullpen in 2022 with a 4-0 record and one save in 25 appearances, sporting a tiny .86 ERA. The Dogs Academy product has already made six appearances this summer, and the Rogers State University senior is hoping to add one more ring to his fingers in the not-too-distant future. Quinn, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me. You're another one of the veterans on this Dogs team. How's it been being back on Seaman Stadium Field? Uh, great. I mean, uh, coming off last year's championship, uh, expectations are high. Uh, the fans were itching to get back. And, you know, it's, it's the same old Okotoks. Coming back, knowing what you're going to play in front of. Uh, great group of guys. Um, and for me, home, right? So mm-hmm. I, I home for the summer which is just an added plus. So, so far it's been, uh, it's been great. You mentioned the expectations. Does it come with any pressure now? Are you feeling it at all, whether it be yourself personally or even in the, in the clubhouse? I mean, there, there's a sense of pressure. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a game, but, uh, you know, after a record breaking year, winning the championship, it's kind of hard not to feel pressure. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, we, this up and uh some of the seasons that guys had last year i'm sure they felt a little bit that they had to go out and do the same thing again but i mean end of the day it's still just a game so it's important to remember that mm-hmm. you were one of the workhorses last year you got into 25 games you posted a sub one era which is just incredible what was working for you through the course of last season um i think just coming in uh being myself you know throwing strike one taking it an inning at a time um not really not really too worried about the situation just going out there doing my job and doing it day in day out Mm -hmm. and just kind of got into routine and picked up from there and didn't really slow down aside from the one rough outing with uh, Sylvan Lake earlier in the season you're back to your old habits with six appearances already how much pride do you take in being able to be called upon in any situation or any moment uh, it's huge. I mean, you you always want to be the guy that gets the call in big time moments, games, innings, and um, yeah, it's um, it's great. I mean, I take a lot of pride in that. Being one of the guys that coaches can look down the roster and be like, okay, we know it's three or and give us a chance to win. So. Mm-hmm. You guys are obviously looking to repeat as champs, but looking back at last year's team versus this year's team, is there anything different that you're feeling this time around other than maybe just being a year older and a year wiser? Um, yeah, not really. It kind of feels the same. I mean, going back to last year, kind of the rivalry with Sylvan, it's it's in full uh, full effect right now. Every game we play against them feels chippier than the last but, uh, yeah, no, it feels pretty much about the same, which is great, but um, nothing too different, which is good. Mm-hmm. I asked Maddie uh, Fung this of Sylvan Lake, and I'm curious from the other side how you're feeling. It used to be Okotoks and Edmonton. That was the big rivalry, and now it kind of feels like it's Okotoks, Sylvan. Do you two hate each other at this point? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say hate. I'd say it's more love for competition, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think any game is more important than the other, but 
when someone comes to town, we go on the road to play them. There's kind of more of a sense of, all right, we got to lock it in for tonight. Mm-hmm. As a group, your staff is pitching very well in the early going. You get to lean on a couple of pretty good coaches as well, including a former major leaguer in Lou Pote. What's it like having him in your corner? Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. You know, having that type of that type of level. Um, I mean, he's a World Series champion, so when he talks, you got to make sure you listen because what he's got to say is uh, pretty important. Has there been one piece of advice or word of wisdom that he's imparted on you that's really stuck with you over the last couple of years? Um, I mean, really just being confident in my stuff. Like, I, I'm out there for a reason. I'm on the team for a reason. Um, just got to believe it. Mm-hmm. You're a Dogs Academy guy, as you mentioned, from Okotoks. What's it like getting to realize that dream that I'm sure you and many others have had, that as you're coming up through the academy, there be one day where you get to step foot on Seaman Stadium Field in front of a, a packed house for a Dogs game. What's it like being able to realize that dream now? Oh, it, It's incredible. I mean, I remember uh, for the 21 season when I got the call saying I was they wanted me to come back. It was, it was like I got flashbacks working 50-50 when I was 15 for Canada Day and just trying to mow through the crowd selling 50-50 tickets. It, it, it was exciting, and um, I make sure not to take it for granted, you know, because I see a lot of the academy guys looking up to us just like I looked up to the college guys when I was their age. And, um, yeah, I, I try not to take any of this for granted because it will be over before I know it, so... Has there been that moment, or maybe it happened really early on, or maybe you still take that moment where... You kind of have to, I don't want to say pinch yourself, but you take that moment to take a deep breath when you're on the mound and just be like, okay, this is still like, this isn't a dream, right? Like, this is reality. I'm I'm here realizing this thing that I wanted to do when I was in the academy. I, I mean, it's almost every time I go out there. I mean, more so on opening day when it's packed, but, you know, warming up in the bullpen kind of, reading the game and then taking a moment to see all the fans and the atmosphere it's like I have to take myself out of it for a second just to remember that like this is something I wanted to do ever since I was 13 so mm-hmm. you're coming off your first spring with Rogers State University in Oklahoma uh, walk us through that experience what was it like um it, w- it was a bit of an adjustment I mean coming from a uh, small town Pratt in Kansas playing juco ball then going to uh, a four years, a little bit of a adjustment I had to make. Um, you know, the competition I'd say was better. Uh, who I was competing against for the spot, um, they were better. So I really had to dig deep and try to figure out what's going to get me to the next level. I had some success at JUCO, but JUCO's gone now. So how am I going to continue on at? Uh, at RSU. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that continuing on process, as you think about what you want to accomplish this summer, aside from obviously winning a championship, is, are there things that you're hoping to work on or that kind of thing to make sure that when you head back to university life that you're picking up where you're let, leaving off and you're able to become a bigger piece of that puzzle? Um, I think it's more so for starters, staying healthy. Um, while I was at Pratt, I had a uh, some issues with my knee. I tore my meniscus freshman year, which knocked me out for a little bit, and then injuries in uh, my last year at Pratt. So, biggest thing I think is 
staying healthy, but also staying competitive. I mean, it's easy for to say like, oh, it's the summer, like I can take this off. I don't really have to show up today. Don't perform. I think it's staying healthy and staying locked in is what's going to be big. Mm-hmm. A few more rapid fire questions to wrap things up here, Quinn. Uh, first off, favorite ballpark you've ever either played in or been a spectator in? Oh, man. Uh, played at definitely uh, Seaman Stadium for sure. But um, I've been to Coors Field. Uh, that, that was pretty cool, seeing the mountains over the horizon on the scoreboard. So That's one that's definitely on my, uh, on my bucket list for sure. Uh, coming out of the bullpen, what is your choice of entrance music? You know, I, I like to keep it kind of light. Um, I don't want to come out to anything too heavy. So, you know, being a Canadian kid, I think coming out to Tom Sawyer by Rush is a go-to choice for me. That's not a bad one at all. Uh, not to throw a teammate under the bus on this one, but who's most likely to demolish a pregame buffet? Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> not to throw anyone under the bus. Um, I guess in the day but i think uh i think Croce might be one that uh he might be first in line <laughs> i asked him uh a question about who snores the loudest on the bus and uh he outed tugboats so uh and luckily tugboats not there to back himself up but i might have to bug him about that at a later date uh yeah. your best or your favorite gatorade flavor or are you a water guy uh i I guess the blue one. I know blue's not really a flavor <laughs> color, but uh, I water too. But if I'm going Gatorade, it's definitely blue. It's funny how I was actually playing slow pitch the other day, and that was the first thing I said. I'm like, I want the blue one. I have no idea what the flavor is, but it's delightful. Uh, <laughs> Nobody calls it by its actual flavor. No, God, of course not. Uh, finally, best baseball advice you've ever received? Um, it's probably either got to be what Lou said about um, having a confidence in my abilities or um, last year Schmitty uh, told me that cause I was dealing with nerves a little bit and he said that like the butterflies that I feel aren't nerves it's just the adrenaline kicking in knowing that I'm ready to go out and do it so whenever I get butterflies I just kind of think back to that that no, I'm not nervous I'm just ready to go mm-hmm. very good advice final question for you here what does the game of baseball mean to you Oh, man. I, I mean, it means everything to me. You know, it just started off as something that I did in the summers when I couldn't play hockey. And down the road now, I'm at university still playing baseball, um, playing in front of the hometown crowd that I grew up watching. So, I mean, it means everything. Very cool. Well, Quinn, really appreciate the time. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point. Continued success in Okotoks and beyond. And thanks so much again for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Finally, confidence is definitely a word you could use to describe Fort McMurray Giants outfielder Max Stagg. The product of Adelaide, Australia, Stagg was the first Aussie to be invited to the Perfect Game Showcase in 2022 and followed that up by committing to Central Arizona Community College. Before he even played a game there, he was given the opportunity to head to Fort McMurray and hasn't missed a beat, hitting 295 with a homer and 8 RBI in 21 games. A star in his home country, Stagg is hoping this is a sign of things to come in his collegiate career. Max, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Thanks, Joe. I appreciate you having me.
First off, welcome to Fort McMurray. Welcome to Alberta. How are you finding your stay so far? Loving it, really. It's a bit of a, a bit of a different change of scenery, but being over here and playing baseball every day is nothing better. And I'm, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. You're off to a solid start with the Giants. How would you grade your performance for the first few weeks here? Uh, pretty, pretty good, I'd say. I think uh, I've acclimatized pretty well to the standard of of collegiate baseball. I think already there's been there's definitely there's definitely been some ups and downs. So I guess kind of taking that in my stride and just working out a way to show up to the field every day and grind it out. It's pretty cool. So yeah, I guess it's, it's been a challenge, but it's also been um, really rewarding to kind of see that I can kind of match it at the collegiate level. You and I talked off air about sort of the ebbs and flows and you're in a different spot because of the, the way that you're, you took your, your uh, off year and that kind of thing. So you're actually playing in the WCBL before you even step foot on a college level baseball field, basically at 300 almost. What's it mean to you be able to, to perform in that level without having that experience and some of those teammates that you've got where they've got two or three or four years of college ball behind them? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think, like like I kind of said before, it's nice to be able to acclimatize and and match it at this level before I've even stepped foot on a college baseball baseball field. And it, uh, it's it's definitely already this this first part of the season's given me a lot of confidence going into into college at Central Arizona, where it is going to be tough and it is going to be a grind, uh, and that there will be guys fighting for spots. But I think from what I've already shown here in the WCBL is really promising. Um, and it's just, I guess, a credit to my preparation um, and also just the confidence I have in myself to come over here and, and match it with these guys that do already have that experience. Talk about that preparation piece. You, you mentioned it is what were you doing to get yourself ready to make sure that you were hitting the ground running as soon as you, you cross the ocean? I think good, good question. There's, there's a couple, there's a couple different uh it's a couple of different things I did. I mean, baseball-wise, it was just it was just all about reps. It was it was breaking down breaking down mechanical um, mechanical parts of my swing and um, building arm strength um, and and just working on working on the little things and fine fine tuning things before I came over here. But the big the big part of my preparation was definitely in the weight room. There's you can you can always work on your body physically. You can always get bigger, stronger, faster. I think all of those different attributes and building my tools uh, was definitely a big, big part of my preparation. And I feel like I've come over here and I'm more of a, more of a five tool player than I was before. Uh, and <clears throat> I think even as, as an Australian, a lot of guys that come from Australia and other international countries are put quite far behind in terms of in terms of lifting in the weight room just because of our culture around it compared to guys say that come from the US where they do lift they do start lifting weights very early on in, in middle school and in high school. Um, mm-hmm. But I think definitely having that time off before I came over here um, to be able to really work hard in the weight room and get myself physically prepared to come over here and match it with these guys was definitely important uh, for my preparation. 
heading into the summer, did you have sort of an expectation or a mindset going mm-hmm. in, knowing that you wanted to do a certain thing, right? Like, were you, did you have any goals or aspirations going in to make sure that because this was your first foray into quote unquote college ball, did you want to do anything to kind of get yourself ready for the, the first spring, I guess, of, of central Arizona? I think coming over here and playing summer ball was the main thing was getting reps, game reps, uh, and getting acclimatized to college baseball. Um, but there is also that part of me that does want to come over here and anywhere I play, I'm, I'm trying to be one of the best players here and I'm trying yeah. to put up numbers on the board and um, do, do whatever it takes um, for the team that I'm playing on to try to win a championship as well. And that's really important to me. Um, being, being part of a team and being a good teammate as well is really important. Um, so I guess, yeah, there's kind of two different, two different mindsets and mindsets in that. How different has it been? And it's always every year it's different here is you've got different players from different areas, different countries. And in your case, how have you found that acclimatization in terms of, you know, getting gelling as a team this early on in the season? Yeah, I think if from a Giants perspective, we've we've gelled really, really well so far already into the season. I think having two road trips down already uh, helps when you're spending when you're spending that much time uh, with your teammates on the road. Uh, you, you you tend to gel pretty quickly, um, and I think yeah, we've just got a really good bunch of guys, and I think that helps. And we've we've been pretty hot the last the last week or so, so I think that's coming to show. We had a bit of a slow start, but then we we've kind of gelled really well together. And I think our performances in the last week or so uh, have, have been a res- have shown a result of us gelling really well together. Mm-hmm. You mentioned the championship piece. The Giants are coming off their very first playoff appearance last mm-hmm. summer. Um, what do you think needs to happen in the next few weeks and a couple months here to make sure you keep this momentum going and make sure that you improve upon the performance of last year's team? I think, honestly, I think we just need to keep doing what we're doing at the moment. We, we've consistently got really good vibes around the team, whether we're winning or we're losing. There's a very balanced mindset um, in our clubhouse. And I think we've got a bunch of talented players that when we put everything together at the field each and every day, we've got a good chance to, to come out on top. Uh, against all of these teams in the league. Uh, and I think when it gets to the breaking point of the season, when it comes to playoffs, um, I have no doubt that we'll be in those playoffs. Once we once we start to put it all together and, and we get hot, there's, uh, we have, well, I have no doubt that we can go all the way and win this championship. When you arrived, did you have an expectation of the level of play? Or, or has it, and, and beyond that, has it, matched or exceeded your expectations because here in Canada we think hockey and football probably one and two baseball is not necessarily a four uh, at the the top two or top three how have you found that is it as it matched your expectations at all uh, I didn't I wasn't really sure yeah I'm, I'm not really sure if I had any expectations of the level of play coming into I I know it's a collegiate summer uh, summer ball league so there's always going to be that challenge and that competition with guys that have already played at the collegiate level. Um, but like I kind of touched on before is that I, any, any place I come into play, I'd, I already had to give myself the confidence to be able to compete, if not be better than a lot of the guys. Um, I guess in, in terms of like a pitcher versus batter, mm-hmm. I give myself the confidence to come out on top of the pitcher every single time I go to bat. So, yeah. 
you've used that word a few times already. And so I'm curious, where does that confidence come from? Uh, two, two different places. I think, I think you've got to have a natural self-belief in yourself uh, in elite sport. You, if you don't believe in yourself and you don't believe that you can be better than other people, then you've, you've really, you've really got no shot in my opinion of, of being better than someone else. Um, you've got to believe that you are, but I also think that preparation uh, and having trust in your preparation is also a big factor. And I think coming into this summer, into the summer season, my preparation, I, I tell myself that I did, I did a hundred percent everything I could and, um, and there's nothing else I could have done more. So Coming to this season, I have nothing but trust in that preparation, knowing that I did everything, everything I could to that when I do come out on the field, uh, that I can just play with confidence and play with trust that I, I do have the ability to, to play really high level baseball when mm-hmm. I come over here. I'm curious, going back in time a little bit here, what got you into the game of baseball in the first place? Uh, I played. It's funny, actually. So we, baseball isn't super big in Australia, mm-hmm. um, but lots of kids through primary school play T-ball. And I came home one day and it was at, it was at school and a couple of my mates, they said, oh, we're going to play T-ball. And this was eight-year-old, eight-year-old Max. And, <laughs> and I said, oh, why not? We'll go out and try. I, was, I, loved, I loved playing all different types of sports as, as a kid. And I thought I'd give T-ball a try and then went out and played it as an eight or nine year old and I loved playing T-ball and then I was really lucky enough that, that there were, there were some pathways uh, through the West Torrance baseball club who mm-hmm. <clears throat> were running these T-ball programs. And um, they, they are now my local club that I've played right through to a men's senior level with now. So it's, um, it's pretty cool to be able to say that I've gone right from T-ball through to a senior level at, at our community club back home. But um, yeah, I guess it just started from wanting to try a new sport back home and I fell in love with it ever since. Well, and you're doing quite well at it. I mean, last year, for example, you were the first Australian to receive an invite to the Perfect Game National Showcase. What was that experience like from your perspective? Amazing, really. It was super grateful for the opportunities from Baseball Australia and Perfect Game um, to be able to attend that event. And I think what it did for me was it allowed me to contextualise myself and put myself against uh, the top 300 high schoolers in the US. And I think, although maybe I may have been average or below average at that event, what it did for me was it, it allowed me to come back home and know what I had to do to reach the level of those guys now that I had, I had seen them firsthand. Um, and even even baseball and, and in the weight room, you see some of those guys and they're not, they're not any... 18 year old kid there there's some big guys there's some big guys at that event and I think coming back and talking with my strength and conditioning coach about what we need to do for me to get uh just to get around that size and to get around that uh that level of strength was really good and I guess it just made me push even harder to try and reach that level Mm-hmm. You've been able to represent Australia at a number of different different events as well. What's that meant to you to be able to wear the A on the hat of the Australia across the chest? It means it means everything. Uh, there's anyone that's ever represented their country. I think they could say it's there's nothing there's nothing greater than that as an, as an athlete. And I think to me to be able to wear Australia across your chest is 
yeah, it's uh, I take a lot of pride in it and take a lot of honor in that. And I, I can't wait to be able to do it again at some at some point in the future because, yeah, it's it's really really special to be able to step out on the field and um, and they they play your national anthem and you can just it, yeah you just take a lot of pride in representing the people from from your country. How closely were you watching the World Baseball Classic and thinking to yourself that could be me one day? Pretty, pretty closely. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I think, <laughs> I think that it's, it's funny you say that. I, it's funny you say that because I wasn't only just watching it closely thinking that it could be me one day because I have, I have no doubt in my mind that it could be me one day, but it's funny. I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of people I know, um, friends that I've played with who are in that team. So it's quite cool watching people that I personally know play at that world stage. Um, I mean, there was guys that played like, I mean, they played against Team Japan, Team Korea, Cuba. So there's, there's big leaguers on these opposing teams. And there's guys from Adelaide, from our indie ball team that are um, playing against the likes of Shohei Otani. So it's pretty cool to see those guys on the big stage. Um, but I do like what you said about, yeah, it is cool um, being from Australia, that it is a possibility to play on that team in the future. Especially given the i'll call it the buzz around this year's tournament right like it was it was like something i've a lot of people have never seen before like international baseball played at that level with that kind of fan participation that kind of thing and especially in that division like the stadiums were just absolutely rocking did did it kind of give you i'll call it chills to a certain extent like thinking man oh man if this thing continues to grow like by the time i'm on the radar this could be something just absolutely wild definitely I think even myself watching the games, it was a cool, cool kind of feeling of like we we did really well, and it's a cool feeling that to know that the more we can compete, uh, the more we can compete and put up better numbers and finish in the placings higher at these world events, the more the sport is going to grow back home. And I think that's really exciting as a country is that seeing Australia finish sixth in a, in the World Baseball Classic and beating Team Korea and just missing out on a, on a win to Cuba in the quarterfinals is really exciting for for the, I mean, I mean I'm mean i 19, but even for the 14, 15, 16-year-olds that are aspiring to play on Team Australia as well. Mm-hmm. And it's just going to be, it just sparks a continual growth in the sport uh, back home. So it's really promising to see that. And yeah, there were, there were I guess, come, some of those chills watching the games and yeah, it's a cool kind of feeling when it's a it's a smaller country, but we punch way above our weight. Mm-hmm. You're no stranger to traveling abroad to play baseball. As someone who grew up outside of North America, I'm curious, do you notice the difference in playing styles, whether it be, you know, can- Canadians or Americans or other countries? Yeah, I think coming to coming to the WCBL, but also playing at the U18 World Cup, one of, uh, even at the U18 World Cup, the things, the things that our coaches touched on, touched on with us uh, as a team uh, was that the game, the game style is a lot quicker over here. Uh, there's, there's guys that are throwing harder, there's guys run the base paths faster, and there's guys that just simply hit the ball harder. Um, <clears throat> so that just creates a game style that's a lot faster in general. So yeah, I think that's something that I've had to get used to and it's something that 
as a country we have to get used to at these international events is just that the the game's just the game's just fast over here and it's just something we have to get used to Speaking of the the worldly view, I'm always curious. I, I, when I talk to athletes who move across a country, for example, and talk about that trepidation of moving, you know, a couple of provinces over or a couple of states over, it's one thing. It's another to move countries and oceans apart from home. Did you have any trepidation uh, making taking that step to to try to chase the baseball dream in North America at all? I think. I've always known it's it's what I've wanted to do and coming from a place where you do have to travel thousands and thousands of, mm-hmm. of kilometers to, to, to live out your dream. It's, it definitely comes with sacrifices, but uh, that couldn't be done without um, I guess having that dream and also it couldn't be done with, without the support of friends and family back home uh, who are with me every step of the way. And I think that's what's, made this journey so far uh, so easy for me is that I know that they're a text message or a phone call away to check in with how I'm doing and, and that they're with me every step of the way and supporting my dreams of college baseball and then hopefully professional baseball in, mm-hmm. in the near future. Have they been able to check out any webcasts or anything like that? Are they giving you pointers and that kind of thing, whether it be, you know, your folks <laughs> or maybe your, your old coaches, that kind of thing? Uh, no, then no one, no one back home is really, um, too into it to be, to be checking in and giving me pointers and stuff, but they're definitely, they're definitely checking in every day to see how I'm doing and, um, watching the live stream every now and then, um, to, I don't know, just watch the games and check how I'm doing, but no, not, not to the extent of, uh, (laughs) of giving me any pointers or anything. How cool would it be one day to fly, you know, your, your close friends and family uh, along down, down or bring them up here and, and see a game and watch you, watch you do your thing. Uh, it, it would, yeah, it'd be amazing. It would mean the world. I think that's the goal one day is to, to get to a point where, uh, where I can make that possible for my friends and family. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's definitely been lots of talk with, with my school friends and with my family about that. Hopefully one day they, they can come over and watch and that would, that would be really special to me. Very cool. Uh, aside, obviously, from the pro aspirations, talk a little bit. You mentioned it earlier about those goals and, and dreams of growing the game back home. What do you hope to do personally to, to make sure that the, the kids back home believe in the dream that they might have that's similar to the one that you had? I, I think all, all I can do right now is just keep playing baseball the right way and keep being a role model and an, and an ambassador for, for baseball Australia and for the kids that, that play baseball back home is, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's, I mean, represent, I think representing Australia has, has been really important in uh, kind of my mindset of rechecking into being a positive role model and that um, there are lots of kids who out there who do have the same aspirations as I had of being able to travel over here and play collegiate baseball. But yeah, I think uh, I'm really fortunate as well. I, I've got I've got support. I'm part of the scholarship program through Sport Australia Hall of Fame. Um, mm. So Sport Australia Hall of Fame have recognized me um, as a scholarship athlete. Um, I'm the first baseball player in that program. So I was really fortunate to have been recognized as an ambassador, not only through Baseball Australia um, at, at these international events, but as an Australian sporting body 
um, funded by the government. They've recognized me, I guess, as a, as one of those role models in our community. So it's really special to be in a position where I guess I'd, I'm starting to have some influence on growing the sport uh, back home. Yeah, it's really special. Very cool. Final question for you here, Max, before we let you go. What does the game of baseball mean to you? Oh, good, good question. <laughs> it's the one we ask uh, everyone surprisingly, but it, it's one of those things. It, it's hard to get not hard, not to get romantic about baseball. Right. So oh, we love throwing this question wrong. at everybody. <laughs> you're not wrong. I think, I mean, I could go on for hours about what the game of baseball means to me, but um, in short, it probably, it's uh, yeah, far out. Uh, I think the game of baseball has just allowed me to, uh, grow and mature as not only as an athlete, but as a human. I think there's so many different, there's so many different aspects of the game that allow you to learn and to grow uh, and to mature, whether it's, whether it's failing, whether it's learning how to be a, a friend or a teammate. I think there's all of those different attributes um, in being a good human. You can learn a lot of those through playing the game of baseball. Um, I think it's also, for me, it's also taught me how to be very disciplined and committed to to what I enjoy doing. And it's, I guess, it's been a passion. So I'm one of those people that if I find a passion and I, I want to be good at something, for me, it's baseball. Then I'm going to wake up every day, rain, hail, or shine, and I'm going to I'm going to put my best foot forward to try, put 100% effort into into being better than I was yesterday. At, I guess at baseball. So yeah, it means a lot. I could go on for hours, but that's probably in, in short, that's probably one of the easiest answers. And we could probably go on for days with you as well, Max. Really appreciate sure. the time. Uh, congratulations and all the success you've had to this point. Continued success going forward. And thanks again so much for joining us here on the podcast. No, thank you for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. Thanks again to Jason Chatwood, Quinn Toshnick, and Max Stagg for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app to help spread the word about ADS. A major tip of the cap as well to our Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy have been integral parts in helping us tell the game stories in our province. For more on our phenomenal teammates, head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters. Until next time, thank you for all of your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.